the summer of giveaways rolls on. We just gave away some wretched bastards and some miniatures, and we're continuing to give away pretty much the world this summer. All of our creator friends have donated stuff to get us to the magic 1,000 mark. That's 1,000 subscriptions on the podcast provider of your choice, and 1,000 followers at NerdCognito on Twitter. What you need to do to be entered is join up on both of those platforms and look for the promotional post on Twitter. Up next, you can look forward to winning a hard copy version of David Gwill's Dungeons and Delvers. Yes, the 500 plus page beast that is an incredible system, setting, and source all at one stop. So Dungeons and Delvers is on and continuing with the D theme, Dystopian Dawn. That's right, Frack Brain Studios' recent Kickstarter, not even released yet, has offered up their core set digitally to you as our second giveaway in the end of June. So, Dungeons and Delvers, Dystopian Dawn, look for the tweets after June 16th on Twitter and register to win. It's that simple. Get us to a thousand, get something cool for your table. Now, on with the show. Another week has gone by, and you're listening to another episode of Nerd Cognito. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> what a week. My name is Dale Carnegie, and I will teach you how to win friends and influence people. <laughs> in all seriousness, my name is Ryan David. Thank you for tuning in. Ah, I was dodging some bullets this week. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, I better bring in the rest of the platoon so that they can draw some fucking fire for me. <laughs> Everybody, give a welcome to Kyle and Bert. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Bert. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? It's going. All right. All right. All right. I've taken I've some been taking shots some this, fire this week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah taking some, too. This week's Nerd Cognito brought to you from an undisclosed bunker uh, because it, of Ryan's actions. It, uh, <laughs> hey, now, 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 just a second, Bert. Just a second. <laughs> Hold on here. I stand by everything that I said. Without a doubt, without exception, I'm not going to 180. I'm not going to say, oh, I don't believe in what I said. I absolutely believe in what I said. The problem that I encountered this week was that I was trying to be diplomatic and not point fingers and name names. And that left it open for interpretation. So everyone that had a germ of a little twinkle glittery on them turned and looked at me and assumed, assumed that I was blasting them. Uh, I, one of our very good friends, uh, I'll say it, but the cuckoo is coming if you're out there in podcast land, because I'm not throwing any of our friends under the bus. It's right. Came at me like a ton of bricks. Why are you telling me I'm faux SR? Blah, 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 blah. We had a conversation. It was squashed. It was understood where I was coming from. But the whole mistake that I made this week was not saying you, 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 and you for the sake of keeping our end of the hobby together. And I almost wish I did, but I'm still not going to do it because 
I'm holding on to my principle and my original statement. I'm not looking to make enemies. If you're my friend and I play your game and I promote your game and I've invited you on the show, odds are you're not in that group. I don't, I can't believe I have to say this shit, Kyle. <laughs> well, the, the thing is that um, people have a tendency, they're looking at a screen and the screen in some ways has kind of overtaken personal interaction. And so when we see the words on the screen, oh, they're talking to me. Well, this, this particular creator was listening to the show and railing, railing, railing at me in private message. Uh, like mm. last week's episode got under their skin. Hmm. I, I should yeah. have named names because it would have made life a lot easier. And to some extent... To some extent, if you're questioning if it's you, then maybe it is. <laughs> now, I don't I don't want to say that because I'm not trying to kick our friends, right? And and I can honestly say that everyone that has come to me that was like, Oh, why are you doing this? Um, and it's not a lot. It's a handful of people always were OSR adjacent, right? I get it. But dude, if I'm playing your system every Tuesday night. It's not you that I'm complaining about, you know? Right. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck it. People are edgy. People are edgy these days. They're on edge a lot. And I, and I, there's also, uh, and, and you said this before, and you could speak on this more if you want, but there's a disconnect. There's a, there's a tension between people assuming criticism means contempt. Yeah. No, I, I said that this weekend uh, when we were on uh, The Weekend Geek. And right. it, it's absolutely correct. We can't take criticism, and I don't know when that changed because, you know, I've, <laughs> for the last two weeks, pretty much been taking criticism, some constructive, some not so much, but all from our own corner of the hobby. It's not the sparkle trolls that are coming at me. They're just saying, oh, Ryan, you know, but some people absolutely can agree to disagree or say you know what we're on different ends of of this argument and that's okay and i'm going to tip my hat to them raven wolfgar is one of them uh he and i don't always see eye to eye but we know that a we're friends and b generally speaking we're doing the same good for the hobby so when we do have those those disagreements it's just that. It's a disagreement. I listen to him. He listens to me. No one calls names. No one decides to, you know, pull out goblin spears. It's just, it is what it is, and we move forward. And the world doesn't do that. It's bigger than just our hobby, too. You can't have criticism and not have it be interpreted as contempt now. And there are folks that would fall under the category of who I was directly criticizing that I also still consider pretty reasonable acquaintances. And it's not that I hate them. I want them to do right by the hobby. That's all. That's all. That's it. I'm, I'm, I got nothing. I'm spent. I'm I'm 100% I'm spent. Between that and dodging bullets from like, oh, nobody's. I pull up an account that's got 80 followers. Come on. Of course I'm going to make fun of you if you come at me 100%. <laughs> Ryan, yeah. Ryan, Ryan, making friends as always. But you know what? They're all still welcome at the table, and that's the bottom line. You kicked a little hornet's nest 
this week too, Kyle. Not uh, you didn't step like right into the quicksand like I did, but you. No, <laughs> I did not. You played with our fun friends on the other extreme, not the sparkly ones, but the bro SR. Yeah. 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 I mean, what can you say, right? And 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 I regret it not because I don't necessarily regret what I said, but the next day I got up and I saw my notifications and I'm like, I'm too tired for this. I just don't even want to deal with it. Now, have, have you ever considered that the whole thing is just a really big inside joke? And like three years from now, they're all going to come out and be like, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> because some of this stuff is, is really out there. <laughs> it's Some of it is. There's a couple of them I have blocked already, and, and I get heat for that too, but I generally like I them. I find here. I find them entertaining, and I, I guess I haven't really gone rounds with them. They've tried to 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 pick at me. They don't like that I am the person that coined Sparkle Troll. That really grinds their gears for some reason, and I don't know why. You know, give everybody their little victory. If that's my biggest contribution to the hobby, so be it. But that one really bothers them, right? <laughs> And, yeah. <laughs> and, and and it still gets it still gets pulled up and i haven't tangled with them lately nor do i have a desire to because like i said i find them incredibly entertaining but um the the, the couple of times they did <laughs> they only use sparkle troll because they don't want to say insert whatever grossly inappropriate thing even by my standards <laughs> they want to say um you know i they're fun they're fun um they do take things a little too seriously sometimes. They, they, they they take things really personally and they attack on a very personal level um that's that was my that was the thing that really started to sour me on on that whole that extreme position within the hobby is and this has been a this has been quite a while ago but the their kind of self-appointed leader um, blasted me in a in a quote retweet. Would that be Double J? Yeah. Okay. It would. Okay. And I have, and, and I, I told you I'm I'm not I'm not leaving it up for grabs anymore. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't want anyone. Oh no, Jeffrey well, Johnson he, called you out, and yeah, he he might have he might have been elected. I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't in that primary, but. It was it was a situation where like when when I first kind of discovered him, I'm like, okay, these are some really cool, interesting concepts. I was very supportive. Now I wouldn't call myself in that camp, but you know, I was very supportive of things. And I don't even remember what the tweet was now, but I said something and Double J quote retweeted me, threw it up and you know, blasted me and said, and I think the quote was something to the effect of, tell me you don't know how to play D and D without telling me you don't know how to play D and D. And I don't usually take things that personally because it's the internet. Right. I, I've got pretty thick skin. You know, people can call me whatever you can, you know, you can think whatever you want about me, but that one really bothered me because of the fact I had been so supportive up until that point. I was like, you know, if he'd handled that differently or just even ignored it. Right. Probably he would still have a supporter to this day, but he didn't do that. When you start to get nasty and you start to make me look like an idiot, even though that might be the case, I still get upset about it. You know, it's it's absolutely your right to do that, you know. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> I always 
think it's really curious because this is the one reason the Sparkle Trolls might win the war, right? Is our side of the barometer is so fragmented and we're so quick to hop right down each other's throats. And, right. you know, they, right, and, and Bert, you'll, you can attest. I have said this. I've been, well, you never said anything good about uh, the, the new folks in the hobby. You notice I didn't even call them Sparkle Trolls there. I said new folks in the hobby. I, I said, no, absolutely. They mobilize. They really take, and I disagree with the word, community seriously. And they are incredibly supportive, generally speaking. Of course, there's always going to be the moments because it is the fucking internet but they are generally supportive of everything and every project all the time if we did that we would make a lot more friends we would have a lot more influence as far as philosophy and everyone in the osr would make a lot more money and it's it's one thing they, they've got us beat all the way around when it comes to internal support and I think they know it. I, I really do. Um, the bros, I, God love them. I really do. You know, and when they come at me in those moments, and it's not as often as I guess they come at you, Kyle, I do tend to give them more of a pass and ignore it because I do know that it's shtick. It's, it's what they do, right? Right. Uh, I've said it often. We all play a character on the internet. Ryan David is not the Ryan that you sit down at the table with. It's close. <laughs> it's close, but it's not. And just as we all have a different way that we present and carry ourselves effectively in, quote, the public. Now, I'm going to get shit. Oh, well, who the hell do you think you are? I don't think I'm anybody. I'm just saying that there is a difference when you are portraying a character and I use that term incredibly loosely because people are going to come at me. Oh, he's disingenuous. That's not who he is. Bert will tell you that it's 90% who I am, right? It's me turned up to 11. That's what you get when you tune in to Nerd Cognito. Um, it's still me. It's just me with a megaphone. Right. And that's exactly the, the approach I took whenever I kind of started um, gaining, gaining steam. I, I took what was already there. And I just kind of amped it up a little bit. And so I would agree with you. What what you get from me, that's 90% me. It really is. And then there's me. <laughs> Doesn't this make you want to just sign right up for Twitter, Bert? <laughs> no. Come no, on, Bert. I'll be, I'll be your first follower, man. Oh, yeah, it's, it's tempting. It's tempting. Yep. Yeah. No, just, I. you know, I'm not playing a character on the internet. I just... I just am. You can infiltrate the Sparkle Trolls and the bros at the same time. You can be a Sparkle Bro. You can be the first Sparkle Bro. Oh, oh no, no wait. You. We have those. They're called faux SRs. Hmm. Something to wrestle oh. with. Uh, oh, Ryan, oh. Ryan, Ryan. Trying to, trying to make another new word? No, 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 no. Uh, faux SR is the word for this year, and I, I, it's never going to be another Sparkle Troll. I know that. The the Zeitgeist was right for that. Hey, let, yeah. let's let's talk about something a little more fun, okay? okay. I, I, I Sounds leave. good to me. I, I know it was a very quick gear shift there, 
But really, the internet is the internet, and sometimes it's fucking toxic, and it just happens to be that way right now. What wasn't toxic was, Kyle, I really wish you were even close to regional to us, because I think you would have a blast at our Nerd Cognito tables. I really do. It sounds like it. This week, we took a little pause from our role-playing campaign. Uh, Bert is is running, and I'm pleased to say this, because I'm typically forever DM, right? It's it's just, that's it. But I am having a incredibly good time just being a player, not having to put bricks in the briefcase before game night. And Bert is running the Fallout role-playing game. I am playing a French... Ex-Institute scientist turned traitor. Traitor, as in T-R-A-D-E-R, not T-R-A-I-T-O-R. Okay. I have to say that because I've already been called a traitor many times this week. But I am playing a French ex-Institute scientist turned merchant. There, that's a there you go. Uh, that's a better word. And, he, you know, he has his pack Brahmin with him, Monsieur Mukmu Cal. Um, and Francois, he travels through the wasteland. I do not know why he has this accent, because it should be gone by this time in the future, but it is fun. <laughs> we took a little break from that and pulled out a board game this week. And the board game is the board game adaptation of Dead by Daylight, fresh in from Kickstarter. Bert, did you play Dead by Daylight? Um, a couple of times. I never really got into it. Man, I'll tell you what. If we really wanted to inject some poison into one avenue of the tabletop scene, <laughs> be it the Sparkle Trolls or the Bros or our own, all we need to do is bring in the, the Dead by Daylight fan base because they make Ooh. us look like fucking cream puffs, man. That's a toxic fan base. <laughs> Holy right, cow. Get, yeah, that's why I didn't get too far into it. I played a couple of games online and then I was like, no, I'm done. <laughs> and, and Kyle, you know the premise of Dead by Daylight, right? Yeah, actually, uh, similar to Bert, I... Uh, bought it and I think I played it for off and on no, nothing consistently but for about a month and then just kind of dropped it and never went back to it for whatever reason because <laughs> you got tired of people calling you a <laughs> and teabagging you left and right <laughs> but <laughs> well yeah, $20 is $20 man hey, hey. <laughs> oh shit the cuckoo's getting overtime work this week I'm gonna have to pay him extra now uh, the board game adaptation I was holding my breath when I knew it was coming to the table because if you think about it, it could go either way. Now, the reason I said I wish you were close, Kyle, is you obviously can't play the board games with us, right? Right. So it sucks when Bert and I get a board game to run down and review, and we're like, well, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? What's a good way to do it since Kyle's not going to see it? And Bert had an idea. Well, I mean, since Kyle has... I think that, you know, we should give him our descriptions of the game and sort of get his reaction to sort of how we almost sell the game to him. And then we'll give it our rating, our usual ratings. I like it. What do you think, Kyle? Sell me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the Dead by Daylight board game um, is uh, one versus many. Uh, obviously just like the game where there's a group of survivors that have to power up the generators and get the hell out of Dodge before the serial killer kills them. 
Uh, pretty simple premise. Uh, not a lot to it. Um, the game itself is played on a surprisingly minimalist board, but it's trying to be representative of the locations from the video game. And each turn, players move around. No dice mechanic. It's all card movement and action, where each player has a hand of four cards that represent color-coded modes of travel, so to speak. You know, you're, you're running, you're walking, you're crouching, you're sneaking, whatever. It's four different cards for four different options on the game. And at any one space, you can usually go two or three of those four different places. As you travel, you get an action on a space, and you're trying to uncover generators, whereas the, the one versus the many is trying to uncover things like the hooks that you hook your victims on, uh, and just generally trying to, to stop the victims from going to the generators, spending actions at the generators, and eventually clearing the game. Now, Bert, you were the killer, so you can have I was. you have a little more insight on how that played. So give us your tour as the killer. Okay. In addition to the movement cards that the regular players have, the killer also has a wait card that you can use to wait in the location that you're at um, to interact with a player that's in that room or something that's going on there. Now, there are a ton of different killers, and each one plays uh, different. Each one has different rules associated with it. The particular killer I had, I could attack players in an adjacent room and injure them, You know, capture uh, injured players and put them up on meat hooks. So each killer has a set of mechanics that sort of goes into that. As do the survivors. The survivors all have you know a special thing or two that they can do. But at its core, it is a card movement action selection game and a pretty basic one at that. But I don't think that the basicness, basicness, I got to watch that. I can't use the word basic without drawing fire lately. Um, simplicity. <laughs> sorry, Kyle. I've the simplicity, <laughs> um, the simplicity of the game was was refreshing. And I don't know if it's because I needed something lighter or if it just worked well because it was easy and simple. And I don't think that it was like, I don't think it was too simple either. The fact that the, uh, like the basic mechanics were the same for everybody made it easy to pick up and play, but the, you know, subtle changes for each survivor and each killer, uh, you know, kept it fresh and, you know, more strategic as well. Right. You could teach this game in five minutes. And it could be different every single play. That's 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 a that's a good thing. So, well, in the end, the survivors won. We powered up the generators, opened the door, and got out. But it was down to the final round. It was going to go one way or the other on that round. Right. And it right. Just, I was one round away from meat hooking your character, Ryan, and winning. Yeah. No. <laughs> without a doubt, I I in fact expected. Uh, I took a risk. I expected to be hooked, and I was. And uh, took a risk and took one for the team uh, because it was one versus many. So uh, plays three to five players. The board game folk say it's best with five. And I would agree with that. So that one person is not controlling because no matter how many players you have, there's four survivors. You don't want one person controlling more than one survivor. It's just hokey. <laughs> so what do you think, Kyle? Would you play? 
I would play that. Um, I especially like the part about the simpler system, but and then you still got a lot of options that, you know, that, that in, in some way, simplicity expands things sometimes. You do. Um, and, you like, know, this was the super deluxe all in Kickstarter version. So we had all of the miniatures that were unpainted. Shout out to the t-shirted historian, <laughs> including, you know, the hook and the miniatures. You can hang the miniatures on the hooks when they get hooked. So it has all that kitschy stuff, too. But uh, generally speaking, I thought it was uh, relatively solid. Anything I'm missing before we give it a, a grade here, Bert? No, I mean, uh, the immense replay value, I think, is something that we also have to mention. Because how many killers are in that box and how many survivors are in that box? I want to say 16 or 17 killers just off the top of my head. Right. Oh, and wow. There were, there were multiple survivors as well. We only played with four out of them, but there were different survivors as well, right? Yeah. Well, and, and again, we had the all-in Kickstarter version. The core box right. comes with seven survivors, six killers, and two maps. Um, the version we had had 17 survivors, 16 killers, and four maps, plus the super premium miniatures. Um, right, but even even with seven survivors and six killers, you've got multiple sessions before you repeat. Oh, you know, absolutely. Before you see repeats, absolutely. Uh, unless you're playing it on a consistent basis, you're not going to get the same game twice. So nice. Also, I'm a fan of the genre, so that's nice. Yeah, I mean, we do like our horror. The components were good. One caveat for a super premium Kickstarter pledge. Everything was nice, except for the cards were not linen cards. And uh, I, I, Ryan and his linen cards. I, I think that it is a big deal when you're paying three digits, or in this case, multiple hundreds, right? We're not talking just $100 for a game that you get some fucking linen cards. Um, but <laughs> other than that, the components were pretty good. Um, here, here's here's the only reason I mentioned the cards, Bert. Well, no, I, I can't say that. I would have mentioned the cards anyhow because they right, all... <laughs> because you are you are the linen card guy. If it doesn't have linen cards, you're going to complain about okay, it. Okay, <laughs> the player boards were fucking linen. Why aren't the cards? Ooh. It's the same shit. Oh, oh. Anyway, <laughs> I would rather have a non-linen player board and linen cards than the other way around. Um, Dead by Daylight, the core set is a $50 box, so the core set's not bad. The the super premium version that we played, ouch, right? Um, but for 50 bucks, you get those uh, seven survivors, six killers, two maps, and I'm sure you're going to be able to expand it out as level 99 games pops it further. Uh, so $50, we're going to look at it from a core perspective because that's what most people can go and buy right now. Uh, do you uh, own it, play it, or head for the hills? Mm, I mean, with the replay value, the problem is getting enough people to the table sometimes. It's not something you could play with just two people. No, but you do need would, three. You would need three. You, you need at least three to make it work. I mean, I guess you so, could do it at two, but the box box play count is three to five. For me, I would say buy it. I mean, as a Korg box, you know, 50 bucks or less, definitely worth it. I, I'm, I'm struggling with this one. I liked the game, right? And I probably, probably, were it not for the immense horror board game library that I have would be an absolute buy it. But 
I am right on the edge. I'm not a huge fan of the IP, right? I am not vested in these killers because the the board game does not have any of the licensed killers. It's all of their original killers. So there's no Freddy, no Jason, no Michael Myers, no Leatherface, all, all that stuff, all the stuff that makes the game sort of like the magnet for the horror community that it is does not exist in the board game. I think it's a good game. I think it's a simple game. I don't know. I am definitely a play it, but not being a fan of the core video game, I think that there are other horror options out there that for my dollar could possibly bump this out. So I'm a play it. I'm an almost buy it. So I'm a buy it on sale. How's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> you get a half off deal, pick up Dead by Daylight. No, it, 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 more than half off. It's it's certainly not a bad game. Kyle, what do we? What do you think? Just Knowing what you heard right here, fifty bucks. You're gonna pull it. it for your table, play it. Just, just a player. Yeah, let somebody else buy it. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely agree. Um, the super premium stuff is nice. I want to ship those miniatures out to t-shirted to to paint up because I ain't ever gonna do it. They're gonna be strictly gray, but that's not news to him. He knows that all of my plastic will just be as it is out of the box. And Ryan said news, so uh, here we are. I, I was gonna, I was gonna stay silent and see how long it took Kyle to chime in with the shtick. Bert, <laughs> Bert, you, you ruined it. <laughs> yes, that's me. I'm Bert, ruiner of Ryan's fun. What's in the news this uh, week, Ryan? Boy, oh boy, we. I might have a history of shitting on Critical Role. <laughs> no. Which one? Not of, which one of you was that giggling and hiding it? Me. <laughs> Me. I, I was. I mean, it. You know. Unconfirmed reports of. I'm just saying, I might have a history of 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 shitting on Critical Role. Um, well, maybe. Maybe. There is something swirling in the Critical Role verse that could sway me to give a check mark to Matt Mercer and company. Um. Okay, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I got to go adjust the thermostat because hell is freezing over. <laughs> Just one uh, check mark. Just one check no, mark. No, gravity is still working. Water is still wet. I uh, I don't know what else to check. I'm pretty sure the laws of reality are breaking somewhere. So I was doing my thing last week. And one of the stories that the ladies posted up on the Nerd Cognito Twitter account, which you can follow at Nerd Cognito, had to do with shitting on Matt Mercer and company. So I was all in, right? Yeah. I was reading the story. I was interacting with some of our fans. I was agreeing that, you know, generally speaking, Critical Role has been a plague on the hobby. It's, it's been, you know, a breeding ground for sparkle trolls. But as much as, I don't know, how, what are the words that people have used to describe me? Uh, don't answer that. <laughs> as much as I have an opinion, let's leave it like that. It doesn't mean that I'm not reasonably open-minded when it comes to forming these opinions. I really do want to hear other ends of the argument. I do welcome debate. 
I am not above admitting when I'm wrong. I've done it multiple times in the past. You know, I've been wrong mm-hmm. at least a dozen times in my life. You've been wrong a dozen times in this podcast. <laughs> I'm I, joking. No, I know, I know, but I do give things what I consider to be a fair shake. I might not present that all the time, but internally I do. Again, that's that, you know, Ryan turned up to 11 bit. I said, fine, I haven't watched this train wreck, this living abortion for some years. So I clicked on to the prior week's Critical Role. Mm -hmm. And on my screen came a Legend of Zelda-ish tabletop role-playing game that that crew of fucksticks was playing. And the game looked amazing. And it had legitimate Nintendo properties and artwork in it, which means... And you know how Nintendo hoards their intellectual property. Yes. It means Nintendo blessed this. We don't know what it's called. We don't know if we'll ever see it again. We don't know if we'll ever be able to play it. But the point is, there is a Nintendo-approved Zelda tabletop role-playing game out there that nobody knows how to get to. And I want to play it. (laughs) So how does this relate to uh, your giving uh, Matt a check mark? just the fact that he got a hold of it? The fact that he got a hold of it, he got Nintendo's blessing, and he presented it kind of as a one-off that he knows they're not going to go back to. The other thing that gives him a check mark is the system itself, because, you know, I can't stand listening to those fuckers. But I was watching the gameplay, because that's what's important to me. It's D20, turn-based combat. It includes an initiative system. It has hit point-based damage. It's a very OSR version of Zelda. Huh. It's it's light. It's up to interpretation. I want to huh. know what this is. I want to play it. Hmm. It's OSR Zelda. And Matt fucking Mercer was playing it, not me. <laughs> Easy, buddy. Easy. Take yep. a breath. Yeah. I want to hold my Triforce over my head. I'm holding my hands <laughs> above my head right now. <laughs> but but you didn't make the fanfare noise. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Why are they not selling this and printing money? And maybe they will. I mean, they... Oh, God, seen... no. That means I'll have to give them money because I will buy it in a heartbeat. OSR Zelda! <laughs> <laughs> breathe ryan breathe what? i'm just kind of thinking that i just don't understand the point of developing a game throwing it at critical role letting them play it expose it to the world and then that's it there's nothing else to come it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me various media outlets have reached out to both critical role and nintendo both have declined comment uh, that's like what the fuck, guys? Maybe, maybe they are fucking with me. No, I, I'm. I have an ego. I'm, I'm, there's no denying that, but I don't have an ego to think that I'm even, you know, a pimple on the pubis of Matt Mercer's radar. So, um, shit. I just, I, I want to play this game. I want to play this game. Well, maybe you need to be buddies with him. 
I mean, I would play with him. And I think that philosophically, he has given tells that the only reason he's hamming up for the Sparkle Trolls is because that's where his bread is buttered. That's where the money is. Like, philosophically, I would dare call him OSR adjacent as soon as he ends that show. God, hell is freezing over. <laughs> no, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of agree with you on that. I, I think it's, uh, it's a uh, marketing and business decision on his part and the and the rest of his crew. Right, and I'm not going to shit on anybody for making a fuck ton of money if they can have wheelbarrows of money from these skittle-haired fucks. By all means, get it because they don't spend it on anything, and if they're going to spend it on him, good for him, man. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about tech for our next news story as I try to wind down. See, this is what happens. Mountain Dew, man. Mountain Dew. (laughs) Easy, Ryan. Uh, Breathe. Breathe. You'll get through it. All jacked up on the Mountain Dew. I am. I'm all fired up with Mountain Dew and faux SR bullshit. Uh, Take a deep breath, Cornholio, and get back to the news. (laughs) Uh, You guys use Password Manager? I know I do. I use Bitwarden. But there is a built-in password manager for Google Chrome that a lot of folks use. Anything on your horizons for keeping track of the millions of bajillions of passwords that we have? Uh, my brain. Bless you, Bert. I can't. I can't do, I do. it anymore. Yeah, I don't use a pa- a password manager. Oh um, man! Holy cow! I'm I'm. I feel like I'm in a Mensa meeting. Jesus. <laughs> no, uh, no. <laughs> that's <laughs> you shouldn't feel that way. Let's just put it. <laughs> uh, the built-in Google Chrome one's not bad. Um, uh, you know, it's no frills. People have always criticized it because it's pretty easy to get into. Uh, you know, if you're signed into your Google account, by default, your passwords are unlocked unless you change it. And most average users aren't going to do that. Um, one thing that's cool that I wish were in my password manager, which is highly secure, is Google Chrome's password manager now inherently out of the box is going to support biometric authentication. So you can use your fingerprint to unlock or you can use your webcam and facial recognition to unlock. How fucking convenient. Right. I type my, pa- my master password and my password manager in at least like 30 times a day. I, I want that. I want that. It's good. It's good. <laughs> See? I mean, it does seem it does seem convenient. It's just not something I ever really bothered with. No. Um, and maybe it's because I have more passwords than the average bear between everything I do I at NerdCognito and my day job, which is in the tech industry. You know, I probably do have more more passwords than than most, but. Yeah, but there's a lot of people in your situation too. I don't have that many accounts that require passwords. I I went through several years ago and I just kind of scorched the earth on a lot of those things. And there's just a lot of things that, you know, it's like, I don't really need to be on this website or I don't need to have an account here. And so I just delete it, cancel, whatever. Right. And that helps. And that helps. That helps my own person password management. Also oh, that's, that's limiting limiting the sites. That's good. I just logged into my password manager. It tells you active passwords that you've used in the last four months, and I have 576. So that's a lot of passwords. Yeah, I also a, do the... I also do the, the big no-no of I use 
the same password for a lot of different places. Oh, see, I'm going to beat you up so, when we get off the air for that one. So, right? so, I, so I've got like there's like three or four. But no, that's that. In 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 my defense, they are always a mixture of uppercase, lowercase numbers, and special. Doesn't characters. matter. Once it's the same, uh, the bots will go out and just blast that everywhere. Um, I was hacked a handful of times in my life, legitimately hacked, not what the fucktard Zoomers call hacking, which is, you know, your girlfriend went to the bathroom, so I'm going to go on her phone and post something funny. That's not hacking. Um, anyway, right. um, no, I was hacked a couple of times, uh, and every time it was because of that, and I, I've learned my lesson. So uh, give it a shot, password man. It will change the way you work if, if you use it. So if you ever need a recommendation... Uh, I like Bitwarden. It is free as cheap. It's open source, and uh, it does a really good job, both mobile and desktop. So when I need to log into the Twitter machine, I, I legitimately I don't know what my Twitter password is because it's it's in there. The only <laughs> the only thing I need to know is is my one master password. You know what else is on the Twitter machine? You can find all of the folks that have stepped up and become our checkmark hero. That is for certain. It's so important that we have that blue check mark, and it's so important that someone pays for it. And the hey, the creative shtick is if you pay us eight bucks for the check mark, you're the check mark hero. Not only is it a great way to support the show, but it's probably the cheapest pop you can get on Nerd Cognito. So for eight bucks, you get four mentions a month, and this month, none other than a really good guy, Matt Barninger, is our checkmark hero. Uh, you want to follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Barninger, B A R N I N G E R. He is the checkmark hero. Not only that, but he has been a supporter and friend of the show since the very, very early days, back when I originally <laughs> got kicked off of Twitter, which we were talking about before we went on the air. So um, <laughs> Matt is exceptional. He's our checkmark hero, and you too can be the checkmark hero. Just go to nerdcognito.com. Click on Be a Checkmark Hero at the top of the page. Click the link, send us eight bucks, and you'll hear the harmonious tune with your name after it as well. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, we certainly appreciate it. It is it, it legitimately is a great way to support the show because it's one of those ancillary expenses that you don't think about. But hey, it's a hundred bucks a year, right? That, that it matters. Yep. And uh, you know, we don't do the show. Contrary to the things that people are saying online, like people are thinking like I'm pulling down five G's a week doing this show. <laughs> Do you guys, oh, you're a grifter. Oh, the only one that's exploiting the OSR is you. Do you realize that in three years, this show has never turned a profit? We do it because we love the hobby. All of the hobby. We love our nerddom. We wear it loud and proud. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> uh, and the horse you rode in uh, on yeah him too if it's legal in your province uh <laughs> we talked last week um about something that i threw into the news just because when we have a list normally bert you know it, it ends up in the news right it does most of the time so i'm actually light on news but we talked last week about 
some John Carpenter stuff welcoming Kyle to the show. And the week before that, we had a list of John Carpenter stuff. And the week before that, we had general list of horror films, which all three of us are incredibly huge fans of the genre. So uh, the ladies on Twitter last week posited, what is your favorite forgotten or lost science fiction horror movie that most people don't know exists? And, of course, they found a list to go with it. Oh, boy. Now, I don't want to go through the list, but I do want to see if anyone's favorite lost sci-fi horror movie is on the list. And I was pleasantly surprised that my pick was on the list. But I'll let you guys go first. Bert, science fiction horror. It's a genre that spans probably, if you think of bad science fiction horror, which I think, you know, so bad it's good science fiction horror. Um, it, it probably spans all the way back to the dawn of cinema, right? Sci-fi was one of the staples in early film. Right, right, but absolutely. I will give you the benefit of the doubt and tell you that we have capped it at the millennium. Because, you know, okay. really, how many, okay. how many good movies have come out after 2000? But besides that, for it to be considered lost, for people to really have forgotten about it, I don't think uh, anything newer than that would, would inherently qualify just on age. So, hit me, Bert. Lost, forgotten, science fiction, horror. Humanoids from the deep. Humanoids. Mm. I'm pretty up on almost everything, good, bad, and in the middle in horror. I don't remember Humanoids from the Deep, nor is it on our list. It was I, a I terrible remember. movie. Oh. <laughs> but we're looking for good lost, forgotten movies. <laughs> you didn't say good. You said lost or forgotten. I said it, it could be so bad it's good, right? Right. All right. Terror from the Deep. Or what? Uh, terror from the Deep? Humanoids. Humanoids, Humanoids from, the, from deep. the Deep. Two sentence sell on this. What? Uh, I. Not like I can't guess that there's a race of humanoids that have emerged from the sea. <laughs> right. Humanoid sea creatures start killing off a town's fishing residents and attacking their women. It's up to the townsfolk and a biologist to fight back and fend them off. Hmm. It's a uh, 1980 creature feature. Okay. I was thinking more. Um, so it sounds in the vein of Planet of the Vampires, if, if you guys are familiar with Planet of the Vampires. If you're not, you should watch it. It's from the mid-60s-ish, but from a film perspective, it's Mario Bava, the Italian horror masterpiece maker. It's got such an interesting color palette. It's like Star Trek season one colors in a horror movie, and um, I, I, I like it, but... Uh, Humanoids from the Deep was Bert's pick. and I, I can't believe you don't know it. They remade it in 96. No. Did they change the title? No, no. They uh, they changed the premise. The, the title was exactly the same. It was still Humanoids from the Deep. They remade it in 96 as a straight-to-DVD. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It's completely off my radar. But guess what I'm going to watch this week? Humanoids from the Deep. Kyle, what do you got for me? forgotten well, sci-fi horror i'm a big fan of 
<clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. You may hang on a minute. That's okay. Hey, you, give me a second. You can choke, and I can hope that you don't pick my pick. Okay. No. There we go. <laughs> um, so, so I'm a I'm I'm a big fan of that genre. I love the the B movies, the Lost movies. I like obscure stuff. Um, I mean, I've got several, but the one that I think probably qualifies the most, I'm going to throw out there: Night of the Comet. Ah, Night of the oh, Comet, classic, absolute classics. Also, not on the list, but as we know, the people that write lists are fucks, so I don't put a lot of <laughs> a, a lot of anything in it. That is absolutely like a premier like film school pick. Look at you. In fact, I think when I was in some film studies classes in a different life, uh, that was where I first saw it. So good, good pick. Give everybody the two-sentence synopsis. Two-sentence synopsis. Zomp, uh, Valley girls with Uzis in a zombie apocalypse created by a passing comet. Plus boobs, lots of boobs. Plus boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, which also I think is a staple that you have to check off on the checklist. Good choice. Good choices so far. Um, mine checks all of those boxes as well. Mine is Life Force. Life Force. Oh, that's a Classic. great movie. That's a that great a, movie. How, 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 how do you not? Like, I, I was going back and forth between Life Force and another, what I think is instant classic for forgotten sci-fi horror, which is Metamorphosis. And I, I had mm -hmm. I had to go with, with Life Force. Life Force is tremendous. It has all of the things. It's got body horror. It's got science fiction. It's got vampires. It's got a drop-dead gorgeous woman that walks around with full frontal in like three quarters of the movie what what more do you want plus you know as terrible of a bad movie as it is it's got a decent story and it's a good bad movie i mean i i like it I... plus isn't patrick stewart in it patrick stewart is in it um but <laughs> i'm matilda may i mean that's Matilda may I get in some of that holy shit <laughs> oh there's there's nothing about life force that fits the triple a horror movie mold or the b movie mold which is why it stands on its own and that's what I love naked vampires from space running around London holy fuck no, it was a great film. I wouldn't. I never even thought about picking it because to me, it's not a lost movie. I still watch it probably once a year. Uh, but we're weird, Bert. That's the thing. Oh yeah, I most forgot. people don't know that it even exists, and even back then, they didn't know that it exists because it got such limited play in the theaters because there was puss all over the place all the time. A lot of places wouldn't screen the movie; it had too much puss. I can't believe I said the phrase, too much puss. <laughs> um, man, Matilda was gorgeous. <laughs> Did I say that before? Oh. You may have mentioned it once, twice, ten times. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, that was that was my pick for the, the forgotten sci-fi horror. Uh, That's a good pick. That was inspired. That is a really good pick. The, the other list that they had was was okay. I agree with some. I disagree with some much like all of the other lists. If we want to get into it, maybe down the road, we can revisit the list when it, when it, I was going to say, is there one on there that, you know, that stood out to you or that we should have remembered prophecy. 
Prophecy from the 70s. Oh. Oh, yeah, okay. That oh, one, from the 70s. Yeah, okay. from 79. Um, it's yep. n- not, not Chris Walken, if that's where you were going. Yeah. Um, but it's it was really alien with eco-terrorism. It had a good cast. It was completely over the top, but the practical effects kind of held up. I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was all right. Good, good choices, I think, all the way around. And, of course, I think that mine is the best because it had vagina all over the film. So uh, I guess we should we should shift gears here, but only slightly so. Um, our dear friends at Red Oaks Creative have been very patient because they got bumped last week. Kyle, you took too much damn time. <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, but I blame we, myself. We were going to take a look at Creepy Creature Double Feature, which is one of their Spirals RPG properties that just sort of is a great follow-up to our horror movie thing, although it doesn't have as much puss, so I don't know. Um, creepy creature double feature. Uh, it's from Red Oaks Creative, which is one of those studios that you may not have heard of, but you should have. Um, if you follow Hibby on Twitter, you know the man that makes the game, and it's a spectacular, spectacular system, and he just does not get the props that he needs. So why not focus on something positive from our corner of the hobby, right? Um, you guys had a chance to take a look at this game. We're go through it in general, but uh, who wants to just give the dime store tour of CCDF? I can go. Yeah, go you, right ahead. Okay. Well, you've got you, your character. You got four skills um, or traits, and that's going to be your strength, your intelligence, your personality, your dexterity. Um, you, it's essentially a dice pool system. The spiral RPG aspect, the skill spiral, is what I found to be the most interesting. So on your character sheet, you're going to have a circle. It's going to be divvied up into eight pieces like a pie chart. And every time you use a skill, successfully or not, you fill in one of those pieces of the pie. Once you've completed a full circle, then you advance to the next level of progression, increasing your chances for successful uh, skill use. I really like the idea that a person can, or, or your character can uh, learn from mistakes, learn from failures, that your your characters can can uh, still progress. Right. One, one of the big criticisms that we hear all the time when we're, you know, looking at skills in particular is, oh, you know, your skill was low and you couldn't open the lock, so what did you gain from it? Nothing. You didn't le- gain any experience. You didn't gain knowing about that lock. Uh the spiral RPG system. This is like the the gimmick for the whole system, right? This is this is their thing, having having this, like you said, pie chart that you progress with, and I think it's great, especially for a lighter, less serious game like this. Um, the one thing I think that you got to be cautious about is there's going to be players that don't want to be as tethered to their character sheet as they might be with a system like this, right? Right. Right, and that's always a concern with sort of fail-forward systems is you have to be, you know, every time you fail, you have to be ready to update that so that you can keep track of when you're improving and where you're moving to. You know, you do play a character in, in the game. It's a classless system, right? There's there's no class, and you play right. some sort of little creature. 
it's a really cute overall system that I think fits in well with this skill set. I think it's highly adaptable. I think you could you could take these core mechanics and do about anything with them. You can, and and to their credit, Red Oaks does that across all sorts of different things. Uh, Bert, you were telling me you like their mech system that they that they or they have a mech RPG that, that right. uses the spiral system as well. We do that. There's right, some good charts in here which explain, um, like uh, you know your your actions and the beats system, which is essentially a version of initiative right um you know that you there there are beats to each round and that you do your things on certain beats depending on your character right and and the game itself it it presents as and you guys can can correct me if i'm wrong but it, it presents as a sandbox at first but it has two very deliberate scenarios attached with it too so you know i, I think one of the things that I had a hard time with it was navigating which one does it want to be you know where does it want to go and uh, you really can pop it into anything but I didn't get a feeling for the theme as much as I did for the system if that makes sense am I making sense no that makes exact sense because that was after my first reading that was my first initial thought I'm unclear as to exactly what the sort of scenario or setting or intent of this game is. Like, I get the mechanics. Where's it going? It's wide open. Does right. that make sense? No, it, it does. You know, the game was funded last Halloween. Um, and I'm pretty sure that if you're looking to get a copy, uh, it's not going to be hard to find. You can just check out Red Oaks Creative. We'll put a link to them in the show notes. Yeah, I am i don't think that it's bad by any means. In fact, I oh, think no. that there's a ton of good. I just wanted to feel a little more... Uh, you know, a, a little more theme, you know, because I'm not OSR. Ryan David's not OSR. He likes the storytelling <laughs> games. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think it's it's very good at what it does. And if you were to apply this with a really strong theme, it would be exceptional, right? So, um, final thoughts, guys. What do you what do you think? You, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd go more than a one shot with it. I'd do like a you know, three or four shot. I'd, I'd run a short, maybe a short, very short campaign. With yeah, it. you know, right. I, 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 yeah, right. I mean, I could yeah. see this being a great like break between camp between long campaigns. You know, something short, fun, a system that's easy to use. I could see this being a lot of fun to just sort of break things up before you jump into another long campaign yeah so check it out red oaks creative creepy creature double feature and it's a little play on words because you're actually getting punklins and the old school ghosts scenarios that run under the system so it's it's kind of like a triple you get the two scenarios and you get the sandbox environment all, all at once so check it out good stuff creepy creature double feature oh boy what can I say next week to piss people off? <laughs> You'll think of something. Oh, I don't know. I I, I might. <laughs> Ryan, just be yourself and the bullets will come. Be myself and turn <laughs> it up to 11? Is that what you said? No. 
have, have another Mountain Dew. Oh, shit. Maybe I should take some with me during the week and, like, pound them at lunch and then get on Twitter at about 2 o'clock. Oh, <laughs> man. I look forward to it. Oh, it'll be great. I'll be banned by Thursday. <laughs> uh, Again. You know, contrary to what people say, and I always love when, when like, they say, well, he's a fucking Nazi. It's like, <laughs> have you checked? Did, when you look at my sheet, did you see the box where the religion is checked? I'm pretty sure I'm not a Nazi. <laughs> um, <sighs> shit. Uh, it's it's a weird world that we live in. Kyle, what are you going to do to piss people off this week? Uh, I'll probably get drunk and tweet something stupid out. Uh, that's good. And, you know, Bert, everybody, everybody likes Bert. Nobody has a negative opinion of Bert. <laughs> Everybody's like, we, without fail, we get not less than 30 or 40 emails a year saying, I don't understand why Bird is even friends with that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so some more of those are, are due. So write us in, Sparkle Trolls, nerdcognitopodcast at gmail.com. Let us know exactly what you think. Um we just might make fun of it on the air, or if you have a legitimate salient point, we'll we'll address it too. Because, like I said, it does go both ways, and and we try our best. If you'd like to really yell at me, you can sound off. Call us on the Nerd Cognito hotline three two three six nine four four two four two. That's three two three six nine four four two four two. You can also text us, but it's more fun if you call and leave a voicemail so that we can actually play it on the show. And make sure that it's a voicemail that we can play on the show. The ones where you threaten me and my family, those are no fun. Um, call and message rates can apply so check with your carrier for details but um hey everybody can call anywhere now right that's the internet so 323-694-4242 other than that i think uh just remind everybody that the giveaways are still rolling make sure that you are subscribed to the show at the podcast provider of your choice make sure that you are following the ladies at nerd cognito and find their promotional tweets and do the stuff in the tweets and you have a chance to win. Good stuff this month. We've got Dungeons and Delvers coming up. We've got Dystopian Dawn. Man, the hits just keep on rolling. Well, I think that's all of the business stuff, right? If you really want to yell at me outside of the podcast, you can follow me at I Hate Ryan David. If you want to yell at Kyle, you can follow him at Dying Breed TT. Um, you can't yell at Bert because Bert's smart and not on social media. <laughs> That's it. What am I missing, gang? Well, I think we're good. Yeah, I think so, too. And until next week. Well, that's all I've got. My name is Ryan David. I was joined by Kyle and Bert this week, and we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody. Take care. <laughs>